0: Hello, and welcome back to Pastoral Parsha. I'm Hody Nemus, a third-year rabbinical student at YCT Rabbinical School.
1: And I'm Michelle Friedman, Chair of Pastoral Counseling at YCT. In each episode of this podcast, we explore psychological insights gleaned from the Torah portion of the week.
0: In this week's Parsha, Vayetze, we are going to talk about the pain that comes with infertility,
1: this Parsha is replete with references to infertility and the desperation of women to bear children. And it's not the first time we are dealing with this subject because the other foremothers, Sarah and Rivka, have wrestled mightily with this problem as well. One of the major themes of Brashi. Absolutely. The Torah is clearly trying to teach us something with the story of infertility.
0: Parshat Vayetzeh is about the birthing of the family of Israel, both literally and figuratively. Uh, Yaakov marries the sisters, Leah and Rachel, right, through that famous mix-up. He ends up also having children, Bilhah and Zilpah, their servants. And, um, and his family slowly grows. But Rachel, of course, does not have, uh, does not have children. And uh, her, she, is, she is barren. And she is also more beloved. And, and the Torah says that God saw that Leah was unloved and opened her wombs, that she has lots of children. And this leads to, simply put, very, you know, very intense familial drama. Um, and in, uh, in chapter 30, verse 1, it says that uh, Rachel saw that she had not borne any children to her husband Jacob. And it says, "Vatikane Rachel she envied her sister. She says, Give me children, and if not, I'm dead. Jacob then, He becomes very angry. Am I instead of God, he says, who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? A very intense moment between husband and wife around the lack of children and between sister and sister Rachel feels this deep um, sadness and envy that sounds to me almost like a deep depression. She wants to die.
1: And then the Parsha goes on and Jacob is this master husbandry expert where he can increase his flock, the whole speckled and spotted. It's almost as though the Parsha is teasing us with all of this animal fertility in contrast to the struggle of Rachel, who is having such a difficult time. Yes,
0: the Torah says he had very fecund flocks. That's right. Like, it's just so easy to grow his his, uh, his animals, you know, right. the, the right. animal families. What about his family? I think something we haven't mentioned is that Jacob's response to Rachel's wife is qu- quite... Um, fiery and seemingly un, uh, undeserved. Yeah. He says basically, be quiet, you know, I'm not God, and this is kind of your fault. And uh, I should note that the, that the rabbinic tradition takes him to task. There's a midrash in which God takes Jacob to task and says, is that the way to answer a woman who's in distress? By your life, your children from the other wives, your other wives are going to one day stand in supplication before her, her child, Joseph, Uh, who's going to say the same thing to them. Am I in the place of God? Basically, this is, you just made a big mistake and you're going to pay for it.
1: Yeah, and you know, this reminds me of the story in the first book of Samuel, where Hannah, who is barren, is desperate and her husband, similar to to Jacob here, just doesn't get it, how painful this is for her.
0: And I think it's reasonable to wonder what... Uh, effect this had on the 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 children of israel and specifically on joseph and and benjamin the children of rachel did yaakov and and rachel tell their kids Uh about what happened to them Uh about the fact that rachel was barren did they not what what effect did that information have
1: rachel's uh advanced reproductive technology when she gets the mandrakes
0: that's exactly (laughs) right so so these issues are 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 sort of lurking below the text in reishi
1: right and it reminds us again and again that the capacity to have children that the birth of children is a miracle that can't be taken for granted so we're going to talk about we're going to use a vignette of another fictitious family this time And we're going to use this this modern-day story that employs advanced reproductive technology to give local color to our issue.
0: So Marcy and Peter are a couple who are married. Uh, They're in their mid-30s, and they've started trying to have a baby within several months of getting married. Sadly, they have encountered multiple difficulties. Marcy's eggs were of poor quality, and Peter had a very low sperm count, So after several demanding and expensive in vitro cycles that unfortunately failed, they decided to procure an egg and use donor sperm to try to get pregnant. And Marcy is now actually eight months pregnant with twins.
1: Wonderful news. Yes. So Marcy and Peter consulted their rabbi about technical matters having to do with the genetic material that they were obtaining and the means of conception. Halachic issues. Right, halachic issues there. Now, as the birth of these babies is approaching, they have different questions. In addition to all of the halacha questions, and, which have to do with parentage and the baby's naming, they're wondering, and they ask their rabbi this, they ask their rabbi these key pastoral questions. Should they tell family and close friends about their baby's biological origins? And what about in the future? Should they tell the twins themselves how they came to be? Um, I
0: guess, could you talk a little bit about the sorts of emotions that accompany a long struggle with infertility?
1: Right. I mean, infertility is a extraordinarily painful and unexpected dilemma. Most people, unless they've had some serious illness in the past, which has rendered them infertile, which is a minority of people with infertility, never think it's going to be Mm -hmm. them. And yet one out of six couples struggles with infertility. So nobody tells you, you know, when you're getting married, when you're planning this, when you're planning that, you know, you could be one of them. We kind of take for granted this basic capacity to have children. And when it doesn't work, And a lot of people have spent a lot of time trying not to get pregnant when they're trying to get pregnant and it's not working. It comes as a devastating blow to their basic sense of biologic human identity. Wow. And people feel shamed. They feel like something basic to their identity, to their masculinity or their femininity is just not working and they feel broken and they feel isolated because this is always happening around the time where friends and relatives are having babies and you're going to all kinds of baby events. And the isolation and the despair can really drive people into kind of near seclusion, especially with these kinds of events. Is this something that rabbis encounter? Rabbis encounter this all the time. And sensitivity on the part of the rabbi can make a huge difference.
0: And and is this something also that rabbis should prepare couples for
1: in, you know, premarital counseling? This is, uh... Well, I think it's, people see that as such a downer to bring up infertility. But I think that just putting a line in with premarital counseling, whether it's with a kala teacher or a chassan teacher or the rabbi who's going to perform the marriage, saying something like, you know, when the time comes and you two are trying to have a family, if you have difficulty there, please know that that's something that you can come to me to talk about as well. Mm-hmm. And
0: something quite common.
1: Yes, because it, naming something gives it gives permission. I see. and it gives a sense on the rabbi's part of familiarity. I've heard about this before and that implies I have something helpful
0: to mm-hmm. offer. Now Michelle, I think it, let's say Marcy and Peter, right. you know, they've had the the kids and now they're very aware of how painful it is for people who struggle with infertility, but they want to share the good news with the world. They want to post on social media. I think this comes up often.
1: They don't know what to do. You know, there's no one answer. I am not a fan of the old secrecy attitude, which was very pervasive, let's say in the 50s, 60s, 70s, even in the era of more adoption. People find things out. First of all, a lot of times, especially in the case of adoption where there wasn't a pregnancy, there are people in that child's community that know that the mother wasn't pregnant Mm -hmm. with that child. So there is a known community of people who have information. But even in situations where the mother was pregnant with this child, if there's different genetic material that was procured to have this conception happen, I think it's very much the family's decision as to what they're going to tell their kids, and a different decision as to what they're going to tell the surrounding community. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's one answer for everybody.
0: What about the couple themselves? When a couple is going through struggles with infertility or, or has
1: struggled, does that put stress on the marriage? Definitely, because it's just like people are different. It's unlikely that the couple has the same investment in the fertility situation Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's going to be the woman who is more desperate and will go the limit to any kind of reproductive outcome and sometimes it's the man who want who says just try one more cycle or one more technique or one more something and it could be put an enormous strain on the marriage where sex becomes mechanical and timed or it seems useless or um just the, the sheer physical effort of the various reproductive mm. interventions can cause side effects. It can be enormously expensive. Um, all kinds of things can come up. And that sense of constant failure when the expectation of so many marriages is to build a family and that family doesn't seem to be happening. Well, then what's our marriage yes. about?
0: Wow. Physical, emotional, financial stress.
1: Yeah, of all kinds, right. But they all need pastoral hospitality to help individuals, couples, and families think through how they're going to approach this saga, live it through, and eventually tell whatever story they're going to tell to their family. Shabbat Shalom.